0: Hello and welcome to the In Publishing podcast. My name is James Evely and I'm the editor of In Publishing. My guest this time is Gavin Thompson, Newsquest's regional editor for Wales, where he is the editor of the National, a new digital title launched last year. He is also the editor of the South Wales Argus, the Barry and District News, and Penarth Times. In our chat, we mainly talked about the National. Gavin tells us why there was a need for a new Wales-focused title.
1: A lot of people were getting their news, getting their information from news sources and news outlets that weren't really paying a lot of attention to what was happening in Wales. So they would be getting the wrong information. So that made it really, really clear um, that what we already wanted to do was something that we felt became even more important. He
0: talks about some of the challenges they faced in year one.
1: You can't just focus on subscriptions, you need people to find your content too. You, people have got to be able to see it before they'll pay for it. So you've got to get it visible.
0: And the improving outlook for the regional press as a whole.
1: There's been a, I think, a change in in perhaps faith in the sector. I think we've reached a bit of a tipping point in a number of the publishers where actually the the growth is starting from new areas and and audience growth is starting to offset the declines. You know, the companies will be smaller than they were ten years ago, but they're starting to become growth businesses again, and that's really exciting.
0: Amongst many other things. Before we hear more from Gavin. A quick word about our valued sponsors. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Airbusiness, a market leader in distribution and subscription management services for the publishing industry. Its end-to-end service includes subscriber acquisition and marketing strategy, worldwide distribution, digital mail and e-commerce fulfilment, and warehouse and freight logistics. For more information, visit airbusiness.com. Gavin Thompson, welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, Gavin, you're the editor of the National, which is a, a brand for, for Wales, which launched just under a year ago. Could you give us a bit more information about the brand? Why you launched it? What was the gap in the market? And what you're trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, of course. So, I guess everything. Whenever you launch a new product or anything, you you talk about what's the the problem you're trying to solve, or as you say, the the gap in the market. I think for us the the problem we were we were looking to fix was a a lack of strength in the Welsh media market from the point of view of news outlets telling Welsh news you know, to from a Welsh perspective so a lot of people in in Wales w- would be getting their primary source of news might be things like mail online or or you know uh, uk-based news sites nothing wrong with that but when you look at the maturity of the news market in wales versus scotland for example there was just no comparison if you look at scotland you would have you know strong scottish titles like the daily record um like the scotsman and the herald which is one of uh, of our titles in newsquest as well as the the if you like London-based or UK-based nationals, have strong Scottish editions too. You know, the 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 sun in Scotland would be quite a different read to the sun in England. Wales didn't really have that. It, it has a strong local media, um, which Newsquest is a is a, a, a key part of. But it. it didn't have the same depth of, of national media. And not to say that there was none, but there was a real lack of depth in there. And we felt that there was a a problem there. And and that really, I mean, the problem was there before, but when the pandemic started, it really, really stood out because the rules were different. The laws are different in Wales to, to in England. And that really stood out during the time when we had different restrictions, but we still do. And a lot of people were getting their news, getting their information from news sources and news outlets that weren't really paying a lot of attention to what was happening in Wales. So they would be getting the wrong information. So that made it really, really clear um, that what we already wanted to do was something that we felt became even more important.
0: Uh, and why do you think Wales traditionally has not had the the same or I should say the UK nationals they have their scottish editions why did they not have welsh editions as well was it, was it cuz scotland has a high a larger population or was there something else
1: yeah i mean scotland is a larger population so it's a bigger market um that's that's true but i think i think sometimes these things just happen because they happen so the the, the uk nationals didn't need to have the strong uh, welsh editions because there wasn't so much competition pushing them you know down that road and i think the the more competition there is the more diverse uh media news media there is in wales the better so you know actually since since we've launched we've seen other companies investing a bit more in uh, in wales not saying that that's directly because of us but i think we're starting to see a more competitive um welsh media landscape and that's that's a good thing
0: and who is the title aimed at you know i've looked at the site it's quite serious in tone it's you know big heavy on political coverage and culture and the issues like that who are you aiming at who's your demographic
1: yeah uh, i think i think that's that's a f- fair um, comment we really we uh we we describe ourselves as being for all of wales and what we mean by that is much as anything is ge- geographically there was there was a feeling in some quarters that some of the a, existing um, Welsh media had a tendency to be a bit South Wales biased naturally, because that's where the big conurbations are, you know, Cardiff, Swansea and uh, um, and, and Newport. And so we wanted to make sure that we were writing for a, an audience that could be anywhere in Wales, that it would be as relevant if you're in the north or the south, um, the east or the west. We we do cover, as you say, politics. We are sort of quite serious in that sense. And, and when we launched Politics was absolutely at the heart of it because we had Senate elections coming up, so we were launched in the lead up to the to the Welsh elections, and we, that was very much part of our initial mission was to to focus on those issues and try and explain what the Welsh Parliament is, what it does, and uh, and so on. We've we've evolved a bit from there, so that we um, perhaps a little bit broader in our in our coverage now, but politics is still important, and I think I think a sense of Welsh identity being being proud to to live or work in Wales um whether you are you know Welsh born or someone who's moved to Wales or whatever but a sense of pride in Wales that I suppose that's where we see our audience people who who are um who feel Welsh who are proud to be in to to, to be in Wales and proud of the country and who are engaged in its future and that's that's I guess where we where we would see our potential readers, and
0: I think your start, political stance in terms of your you say you're a neutral title is that right? So you're apolitical.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we we have a strong focus on issues around Welsh culture and identity. On on you know we're, we're very interested in the questions around independence and the future constitutional um, settlement, if you like, for Wales. But we are. We're not party political, and we we don't have a, a sort of pro independence stance. Our, our sister title in Scotland, which has been going for uh, a number of years, is a pro independence title. That's that's who they are. That was the gap in the market that they saw was that there was a there was plenty of media in Scotland, but there wasn't much with a, a pro indie stance. Um, our approach is different. We felt Wales is in a different place to Scotland in terms of the media landscape and the media market and really there's what we need here is just is just more strong media serious media people people you know news outlets that tell the news from a Welsh perspective explain things to people um and uh, and we don't need to be taking a uh, one political view or another that that said we do we we do give quite a bit of coverage to uh issues around things like um social justice and the sort of sense of where things have been people have perhaps been wronged, people have been badly treated, and so on, so those issues are important they're political in a, in in a sense, but we're not party political okay. and and how does the
0: national fit in with your with your Welsh portfolio because you have a number of titles in Wales? How do you stop them all treading on each other's toes?
1: yeah we do and we and we work together we the 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 model for the national is intertwined with those local titles we uh we will curate a lot of content from those local titles to use on um on the national as well we work with the you know with the rest of the team now there is i mean from my point of view my job is i'm not just the editor of the national I'm also the editor of South Argus and some of our other local titles so there's it's it's in my interest to cooperate with myself, if you see what I mean. You know, it's yes. not in my interest to to fall out with myself over it. But, um, uh, but it is, yeah, it is important. We, we're trying to reach a different audience, so the and and take a slightly different business model as well. So the the national will share stories that have been used on the leader in Wrexham or on the uh, Argus in Newport or the the Telegraph in uh, in Pembrokeshire. But we're not really competing directly with them because the, those sites are very much for their location. We want our local sites to be the number one local news provider in those areas. So if you are in Haverford West and something happens, you turn to the Western Telegraph. The National is is a slightly different proposition where we're trying to say, you know, this is these are the issues that we think are important across Wales. And then within that, there might be a really you know, interesting story from Wrexham or or from Newport or wherever, but we're not really fighting for the the same audience because it's a different overall package.
0: Um, On the Nationals' website, Gavin, it says that our journey is at an early stage. Mm. Can you talk us through the planned journey and what you see as the key milestones, you know, both past and present and indeed in the future?
1: Yes. So we launched on St. David's Day, Last year, so first of March last year, um, the the journey obviously had begun sometime before that, and there was you know there was a lot of work went in to get into getting to that point. But obviously, getting getting out there was uh, an absolute uh, key milestone, and uh, a lot of work went in in the in the couple of weeks before that. I think we we did what um, what any good journalist was would do, which is we gave ourselves a. Uh, a deadline that probably was more difficult to meet uh, than we should have done, but we only get get things done, don't we, when we've got a deadline to meet? So, so we launched on the first of March. Um, great response from from people. People were very welcoming uh, of of our existence and, and and our arrival. And and year one was really about establishing our place and our brand, and um, people knowing. That we existed, because that in itself is not the most straightforward thing to do. You know, we don't have a huge marketing budget, so we're you know we promote the title through some of our local titles. We've we've done some uh, you pay promotion through social media channels and and things like that. But a lot of it is just making your presence known. So that was very much the the mission to start with. And also with the elections and the timing, as I, I touched on before, we wanted to make sure that we were. Playing a role in Welsh democracy that we were that we were highlighting, you know, covering the elections for people who were interested in them in a in a digestible and easy to understand way, and explaining some of the things around the way it works and the voting system and who you're voting for and all those kind of things. Um, so that was very much a key part. The elections then happened in May, and we I think we probably took a little bit of time to Work out where we fitted in post-election, because obviously the, the sort of surge in interest around the elections had uh, dwindled a bit, and and we had to sort of think about about sort of where where we fit, and also our our um, uh, business model, I suppose, because we are a we our, our goal was to be subscriptions driven. You know, we want to it's a, a subscriptions rather than a scale driven model. But I think one of the things we learned during that first first year of of being live or first calendar year is that we are subscriptions is our, is our focus, but actually we also need to grow the audience too. I think in our initial conversations, we didn't really talk about how many people reading the site. We looked at our our sort of subscription number growing, but we realized we we need more people to know we exist. We need more people to be reading our content, to be stumbling across it. It's to the, the top of the funnel, if you like. Um, so so we've shifted our approach a little bit coming into this year where um, growing our subscriptions will be absolutely crucial, but we want to grow the audience to uh, what we sort of would see as a more sustainable level um, too. And we've got to have that dual focus, which is an interesting challenge and it's not dissimilar to some of the familiar challenges to people who've been in the newspaper business where you're trying to look at... Newspapers and online, and you've got slightly different goals, slightly different things you need to do for each of them. Actually, trying to grow numbers um, of views and subscribers at the same time is is a similar sort of. They take slightly different approaches. So um, we're not we're not going for you know big scale. That's never going to be our approach. There's no point. You know that's done very well. The likes of Wales Online uh, have massive scale in Wales. Very successful. They do a lot of good journalism. Uh, it's a perfectly good model. That's not the model we're looking at. It we're looking at a subscriptions funded model. But we just need to get enough size that the, the the site is viable and sustainable. And and that's really you know in terms of our goals. Our goal for this year is that we we are you know we become self-funding sustainable um for the future because in, in year one NewsQuest invested money into getting us launched and you know knew that it wouldn't see some of that money back. That was fine. That's that's what you do when you're investing in, in new products. But obviously we've got to we've got to pay our way in the in you know in, in in the company and uh um and make sure that the the we are contributing to the business and that there's a real you know strong future that we can demonstrate that with the the appetite in terms of the the views and the subscribers
0: so so how are you how are you try, how are you increasing reach and subs at the same time because there is a potential conflict so how, how are you managing to to do both
1: yeah there is and and we are a small team the way our model works is that we have a very small core team who are producing the original content for the site um and and also curating the sort of best content from Newsquest's 50 journalists on our local titles across Wales, as well as the Local Democracy Reporter Service and uh, and other agencies and so on, and that provides some of the kind of the volume or the kind of bulk around the site um, to to make it a, a you know a vibrant and and uh, enjoyable news site to visit. For our core team, the folk we're very much focusing on three, I would say, key themes this year, and they have slightly different purposes. The first one is very much, you touched on it yourself earlier, Welsh culture and identity. Those, Any stories, any content features around those kind of issues appeal to our readership and will generally be well-read. So that's the content that we're producing to grow our audience. As I to say, it's not it's not the mass scale growth. It's not the um, weather sort of constant weather reports and traffic reports and and how you know expensive properties and so on. That's that that sort of stuff is well done elsewhere. We don't need to do that, but focusing on. People's sense of of Welshness. What makes what you know what makes them Welsh? Uh, we had some really well read stuff towards the end of last year on traditions and and customs and um, and and so on around uh, the Mary Lloyd, around Christmas and things like that. Different things that that are very unique. To Wales, but those things are very shareable as well. People people are familiar with them, you know, a bit nostalgic perhaps. People enjoy that kind of content. We'll share it through Facebook and we'll grow our audience in that way. And then the stuff that we know that our existing subscribers really enjoy and engage with the most is often around the questions of independence or, or Wales points of difference with. Uh, with England, uh, actually, quite a lot of interest in Scotland as well. We found we've we've been able to make a bit more use of content from our uh, sister titles up uh, up there because there's some parallels around the the agendas of, of um, self governance and uh, and separation from England and so on. So those kind of issues and also some of the more investigative pieces we've done around um, social justice. We've done pieces on MPs' second jobs, uh, on um, coal tips. Big issue in, in Wales of the historical legacy of the mining industry where unsafe coal tips sit above communities. And th- there is real concern that when it rains, what's going to happen is this you know, some of this going to collapse onto the, um, onto the communities below. So, and we've done a lot of work on these areas and those are the things that we feel would drive our subscriptions. They drive people to be engaged with the brand. They, they're the things that the people who are passionate about what we do want to see us doing and will support us for doing. Whereas the content more around, um, culture and, and, um and identity is more what people will share on their social media and that helps us to grow our audience
0: and in terms of converting the this increased reach or a, percent, a percentage of the increased reach what what are
1: your strategies there it's a, it it's a little bit of a, a long game's probably probably it's a medium game should we say perhaps so Right now, the focus in the in the next couple of months is is to be getting more people seeing uh, and reading and engaging with that content. And we previously almost anything that we'd been writing within the core team that we felt was good good value content, we'd been putting behind our sort of premium gate, which is a tighter paywall. Um, what we're doing now is a slight variation with that with the content that we think is going to have the broader appeal we're not putting that all behind the premium gate at the moment because we want it to reach more people but as we progress through the year i think we will we will potentially look to tighten that up again so as we get those people in and you know grow the audience grow the reach who are enjoying that content then we will start to perhaps tighten the the the, the grading of that content so that it's under our sort of premium, which is effectively subscriber only. Uh, it's it's not quite. I think you get you know you might get a premium piece of content before you're then asked to 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 register and and then subscribe. Um, but that's how we we can sort of shift the balance a little bit. Is the way we rate the content.
0: So at the moment you're rating content on the the type of content as opposed to allowing people a certain number of articles before dropping you know dropping the gate
1: it's it's a bit of both there is there there's two levels of gate essentially so there's there's sort of general content um where people can read you know x number of articles per month but if but then we have our premium content which is which is badged up and has a much tighter gate so previously we were you know putting a lot of stuff as premium we've kind of stepped back from that a little bit and said, okay, let's get more of it out there to people but then we'll start to tighten it up a bit as we as we go forward and once we've sort of grown that audience a bit more
0: now now with your first anniversary fast approaching as you said first of march um you might have touched on this already but what looking back on it what have been the key lessons from year 1
1: hmm um so the the one that I did um did mention I think a key lesson from year 1 was you can't just focus on subscriptions. You need people to find your content too. People have got to be able to see it before they'll pay for it. So you've got to get it visible. Uh, And that was, that is and will be always a a challenge for any kind of new site, particularly when most new sites gain visibility by doing the highly shareable um, content that, you know, some people might use the term clickbait that's a slightly misleading term um, but when you're deliberately trying to differentiate yourself by not doing that content, finding other ways to make sure your content is very shareable and uh, that's something we we definitely needed to need to learn so you've got to focus on how many people are reading it as well as just your pure subscriptions. other lessons I think we we, when we launched, we did a, a launch print edition. It was hugely well received. So we then decided that it was worth taking the the sort of pop-up print editions that we were doing into a, a weekly model. Um, and so we published weekly until November when we put a pause on that. And I think the lesson from that was, well, it was it was a hugely worthwhile exercise in doing in getting the brand out there. If we hadn't launched with a print edition, we wouldn't have probably got Half the coverage that we got because someone launches a new website isn't that newsworthy in itself, but someone launching a new newspaper is newsworthy, so it was worthwhile doing. And we had lots of really loyal readers, and it was a wonderful thing to see people tweeting pictures of themselves buying the paper on a Saturday morning. And people who hadn't bought a paper for years or never bought a paper saying, We're you know, we're buying this paper because we sort of feel this sense of identity. The challenge with it is it's it's very expensive and it it is, in a sense, a distraction. So we, doing the, the paper every week, as anyone who's worked in a newsroom uh, where you produce newspapers will know, the paper starts to pull the focus because it's the thing that has to happen. And actually, we are, our long-term future has always been digital. So we need to keep that focus on digital primarily. Print is a you know, wonderful platform and has its place, but we, we probably put maybe a bit too much time into, into print in the first year. And, uh, and, and when we needed to be focusing when you've got, you know, small team, limited resources, you've got to focus on what you can do really well. And I think, um, I think that's something that we sort of learnt towards the end. Um, the print was loved and, you know, I'm very proud of it, but it's, um, digital is always always the future was always the the plan for this brand so that's where we need to be focusing
0: did you see a role for a future for print in in the future for the national or did you think that that that's been been gone
1: i think i think it still does we've we've talked about a few different approaches um pop-up editions which is where we started going back to pop-up editions, i think we would probably look to coincide those perhaps around events where you've got a large footfall of people and you've got a a potential market audience there. Things like the Royal Welsh Show, for example, that that kind of thing where maybe you've got several thousand people going to be in one place. You can produce some content that's a little bit more bespoke to them, and use it as a a big marketing tool for the brand. Um, but also, you've got that audience there, so you can sell so you know you sell advertising or sponsorship and things um, around it, but in a more targeted way the other sort of potential option we could look at i mean I, i'm very interested in when you see organisations like um byline times i don't know if you if you if you've done anything on them in the past but they're a they're a print newspaper publisher but they're on a subscription sort of you get it you pay for it and it gets delivered to you so they're only printing the number of copies that they're going to sell effectively. I think that's really interesting. I think, I I can't see us doing that at this time, but I could see that being the sort of model that, you know, three, four years down the line, um, if the demand was there, it's the sort of thing that you could look at, rather than having that big overhead of having to print lots of copies and distribute them all across the country, because we wanted the paper to be all across Wales, not just in the, the sort of more uh heavily populated southern area it was really important to us that you could get it anywhere in wales and that that is not a cheap exercise when you're trying to get it delivered everywhere
0: now gavin digital subs are obviously a key part of your business model or your business strategy um from, from what you've learned in the in the first year um what, what are the key do's and don'ts of building a subspace i think you've already touched on the reach issue but i'm um, have any particular tactics worked well for you over the last year?
1: yeah, I think something we need to do more of actually, but that we have seen success in is talking about ourselves um, it, it's it's not something that's natural to journalists because we're used to writing about other people, but actually some of our stories that would generate the most subscriptions were when we wrote about ourselves and what we were doing so we need to be we need to do that more the our biggest pushing subscriptions was was when we launched the first month we got a you know a large number of subscriptions um proportionately our second biggest month was the month when we stopped print so we saw a number of people who perhaps thought okay i I've been reading it in print I'll try it and we launched an app at the same time so to give a better reader experience so um we saw people who thought well let's give that a go try that but also we were talking about it you know we were talking about it other people were talking about it so not being afraid to talk about yourselves and ask people if you don't ask people to subscribe then they won't they won't just do it you know out of their own goodwill you've got to you've got to have that um communication i mean that's it sounds obvious but it's not something that comes naturally to to journalists to do to be sort of asking for money or asking for um for support but definitely definitely really important um and just learning learning who your subscribers are and what they're interested in. The people will pay for things that they feel give them value and give them perhaps something someone else isn't providing. And it's finding those, I suppose, those needs that you can meet that uh, that others can't. And it's it's not it's not always obvious. Sometimes you think, okay, we think we think there's a potential market here. One of the areas that we that we looked at um, was there's not a great deal of coverage in the media of the Welsh Football Leagues, you know, the, the bigger clubs in Wales playing in the English League, but the Welsh Football Leagues, we thought there's a potential market in there. So we we focused quite a lot on coverage of that for a number of months. We haven't seen that turn into subscriptions. So that's we, we thought there's a market there. It's not being well served. That might work. Hasn't really translated into subscription numbers. So you've got to be prepared to think, okay, you know, we've, we'll we'll try that, see if it works. Um, if it's not, then maybe we need to focus on on something else because we don't have endless resources. So not every market you identify will work out, but it's just trying to hone what what your readers are interested in. And obviously, you can use your analytics to see what your subscribers are reading, as well as what your what your other readers are reading. And and just remembering that and bringing those conversations into your daily news conferences. What what you know have a focus why are we writing this content what's it for who is it for uh, and being really focused on that
0: and, and i noticed uh, i think one of your journalists is planning a trip to america is that right or <laughs> and it was uh, yeah i think it was a uh, please fund the trip was that right I that was think it, of your was, uh, it was Did more it was it worked yeah it
1: was more <laughs> of a uh, a wishful plea from uh from her <laughs> point of view after yes discovering um uh like anywhere in uh in, in, in the UK, there are of course lots of places in America that share share names. Um and I think she just stumbled across Wales in Utah and uh and was uh, she's she's very active on on Twitter uh and was, was putting it out there um that uh, that it would be good to to go out there and visit. I don't I don't think that's likely to happen, but if we see a huge <laughs> flood in subscribers demanding it and uh, and investing in it, then we'll certainly have a look.
0: Wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be nice um now in terms of business viability as you say you're year 1 you know you're you're growing in terms of subs numbers and targets where, where do you ultimately need to be do you think on, on the numbers game
1: yeah in terms of numbers um we the way that i the, the very broad very rough maths that i look at is if you have around 500 paying subscribers that pays for a journalist i mean it's it's not as straightforward as that but um so if you, you've got 500 subscribers throughout the year that will that will pay for a journalist more or less so that's that's the sort of the the starting point so therefore once you're once you're at sort of 2000 subscribers then you're potentially paying four salaries or, or or thereabouts in terms in, in terms of journalists so i we we haven't we haven't sort of shared or, or published targets at the moment. But I think that's, a um, for me, when I look at the the sustainability on the site, what I'm looking at is how many staff would we like to have? How many staff do we have? How many staff would we like to have? Um, and at what point are we, through subscriptions, funding those staff? Because there's other income in the site as well. Uh, there's there's obviously some advertising and commercial partnerships and the the sort of scale that you get from from page views. But what I'd like to be is is in a position where this is a site that is the staff that we have are funded through uh through the digital subscriptions, through the reader revenue, because that I think gives you a really strong, robust model. And it also gives, from our publishers' point of view, a a, a different perspective because you know NewsQuest has has gone into subscriptions in the past 12 months um or so during the probably past 18 months during the the pandemic but it's not been the that was a new thing for newsquest and most of our sites will be very much primarily page view driven so if we can establish and prove that there is a viable model where you can have a dedicated you know team with with maybe not huge numbers but with kind of handful of journalists um Solely funded through your subscriptions, then actually I think that's a strategically a really important thing for the wider business as well to have that within its armory. Are the
0: early signs good in terms of you know that aspiration? Do, do you see it heading in that direction?
1: Yeah, we're not there yet, but I but I think we're definitely uh, heading in the right direction, and it's um it it's a constant. The challenge with subscriptions is it's a constant battle to you you the number we look at is the active subscribers uh not the total number of people who have subscribed because obviously not everyone stays with you people people cancel people's cards expire all kinds of things so you've got to you know be growing that number now we've 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 grown every month uh since we launched we've had sort of points where it's kind of grown quickly and then other months where it's grown very slightly um but we're continuing that momentum and that growth I think a key month for us will be March because we, we got a lot of new subscribers in March. We had we've got quite a lot of annual subscribers, which is great because it's the people who are who are bought in to what we're doing and the mission. They're, you know, they're subscribing because they think this is important. We've obviously got to retain those. So so we've got to make sure we're giving them what they want and that come that kind of first few weeks of March, first two or three weeks of March, those people who supported us last year think actually yes this is worth continuing with i'm i'm pleased that i've lent this organization my support that i'm you know that i'm helping to fund these journalists because of the important work they're doing and a really important part of that will be around us communicating between now and then about the value of what we're doing and reminding people of some of the important stories that we're doing as well as the you know producing great enjoyable content for them to read now
0: you've um I believe you recently launched a, a number of new newsletters um Can you talk us through your newsletter strategy what's the thinking behind them and you know any early learnings
1: yeah so it's a, it's an ongoing process we 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 we've we've launched um we sort of announced that we' were launching uh four new newsletters we've launched a couple of them where we've got a couple of them we're hoping to get on underway this month and that actually very much ties into what I was saying before about retaining those subscribers it's it's about finding making sure that we're having that direct relationship that our if we can get our subscribers reading newsletters and they're opening them and reading them it doesn't necessarily matter if they click through on the on the stories if they feel they get value from the newsletter that's the important thing then they'll they're more likely to stay with us when their renewal comes around because they're seeing something from us they're thinking oh yeah you know get great value um from that I think the different newsletters we've launched, uh, or are launching, have slightly different purposes. So, one of the the newsletters that we launched was really a a replacement for the paper going on the newsstands on a Saturday morning. Was just really a way of saying, if you like your content curated, then you can sign up to this newsletter, and it's. You know it's there for you' we've we've chosen the top ten stories that we think you should be reading today uh with a little introduction from from myself but it's really about saying here's a broad mix of the things that that we're covering that we think are the most important if you don't want to find it for yourself you can sign up here and do that. Other ones will be a little bit different, so one of the newsletters that we haven't launched yet but that we will be is focusing on those social justice issues in Wales, and that's one of our reporters is is very strong on that area. Now what I'll be looking for from from her in in the newsletter that she'll be providing is lesser curation of here are the best stories of, of, of this um on this topic, but perhaps a little bit more of a peek behind the scenes because people I think will be interested in what goes into her journalism and, and some of her colleagues. So those who sign up to the newsletter who are, you know, the people who who read her work are often subscribers they're often people who are who are engaged in the mission if you like of what we're trying to do so for them the value they will they will get is not just being able to get a weekly uh synopsis of this is the stories you might be interested in but also a little bit of insight into the process a little bit of a peek behind the curtain so it's just giving people value in uh in in different ways and and just finding ways to basically touch Touch base. That's a terrible phrase, isn't it? Keep in touch with our readers, communicate with them, and uh, and remind them of why they subscribed. So that when it comes round to their renewals, then it's less of a a, th- a thought process for them. You know, they they're, they already know they get good value from it.
0: Now, Gavin, winding the clock back a bit, you were, I believe, business editor at the Bristol Post for a number of years. Um, I'd be interested in your views on the the state of business coverage in in the press as a whole and whether you see that as an opportunity
1: yeah business is a i mean i i've i've sort of covered business uh, in at a couple of stints in 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 my career and i think there is a the one of the interesting things around business journalism in regional uh, or local journalism was always that it was it didn't fit into the boxes of how um performance and audiences were measured. So as as local newspapers went online, as we started to measure things like page views rather than the uh the, the newspaper sales and so on, business journalism doesn't fit well into a scale approach. It's it's about value and relationships and it's uh it's a slightly different thing. And that was always one of the challenges I think when when you know we, we saw lots of our local titles did away with their business editors and things over, over the years because they didn't fit in, they weren't providing the the large page view numbers because the only times business stories tend to do that is when they're not really business stories, but they're actually consumer stories or they're uh, food and drink stories. You know, a business story about a new restaurant opening will do well because people are interested in going to the restaurant, but it's less the B2B uh, side of it. So I think business is is a really interesting area. It's something that with the... Uh, the national we've we've sort of dabbled in a little bit, and I think there's definitely potential to to do more, but it involves uh stepping slightly out of the um the the main thrust of of what we're doing, so it's not something that we're pushing quite as much right now, but it's something we may well come back to because I think it's good good business journalism provides value and it definitely fits with the potential of a subscription model but it is a more competitive field there are more people doing b2b type journalism so whereas the local papers and things perhaps moved away from it lots of the uh more publishers in the sort of well the more b2b space you know so you've got your insiders and uh and and various other sort of publications who will target that that more pure um business audience so it's a little bit harder i think to to turn that into a successful subscriptions model unless you've got real valuable insight information that no one else had because you've got too much competition now now looking at
0: the reg- stepping back and looking at the regional press sector as, as a whole where do you think publishers in general should be focusing their efforts and resources in the next few years
1: I think it's been a really interesting last few months in in the the regional press we've We've seen a real turnaround from years and years of teams getting smaller every year to to actually quite a lot of hiring and things in the past year and there's been a i think a change in in perhaps faith in the sector I think we've reached a bit of a tipping point in a number of the publishers where actually the the growth it starts in, from new areas and, and audience growth is starting to offset the declines. You know, the companies will be smaller than they were 10 years ago, but they're starting to become growth businesses again. And that's really exciting. The focus is is very much on audience and content. I mean, in NewsQuest, the the chief executive and the board at NewsQuest will be far more interested in content than any board level uh you know chief execs and things that I would have known in the past in media companies. And that's because it's so much more important to the business now, because the the revenues come through audiences. So the audience performance becomes the most important driver for whether the business is a success. So we've seen investment in in content and in content-producing staff. In across lots of organisations, not just Newsquest, Reach, and others have been uh, very much investing too. And I think, I think we will see that continue. I think I don't think there'll be uh, wholesale, reckless throwing money around, you know, sort of hiring sprees. But I think we'll continue to see targeted investment on certain things. Where do we think there's uh, there's potential to grow the audience. We've certainly at NewsQuest we've made quite a lot of changes in the past few months where the central team that supports the local newsroom has had quite a lot of change, quite a lot of investment, but a but a lot more focus on what it's doing. And that is helping to drive and support performance in the local newsrooms. So I think we'll continue to see that kind of investment. I think you'll see. I mean, we've got new things coming through. I mean, Google Google Showcase. Try that again. Google Showcase mm-hmm. has been around for a little while now, but that's expanding to to more titles. Um, not sure we've seen the best use of it yet in terms of driving audience, but it has a um, a monetary value to publishers through in licensing arrangements with, with Google and so on. Um, those kind of things will be important. I think we will see more pictures becoming ever more important. I think if you look at the regional press as a whole, photography was was something that was all but done away with in terms of professionals doing it. But actually, because you could find images online, you know, reporters can take pictures on their camera. But the quality of images is becoming more important as people engage through social media, and particularly Instagram, but also people are expecting a higher quality on Facebook now. If you're scrolling through a feed, a good quality image makes you stop and look in a way that um, that a, uh, a poor quality image doesn't. So, so that becomes more important, and I think that will will start to see more emphasis on that. That doesn't necessarily mean hiring lots of photographers, but perhaps more focus on training our journalists to be able to take good pictures. Uh, not just anything we'll do, you know, and also more on the scene reporting. And that's something that at NewsQuest, we really, really value on our local titles, getting our reporters to the scene of things so that you can take pictures, but also um, just adding, you know, showing that we're out there in our communities, uh, that we are the the police to go for news in in that area because we're there, we're on the scene, whether that be, a, a sort of breaking news incident or a, a restaurant opening or whatever it might be getting out being on the scene i think is going to be really important because that's what differentiates you from someone stuck in their bedroom 200 miles away
0: now you mentioned there gavin um some changes in the central teams um at newsquest well in in broad terms what kind of changes were those
1: so the I mean there'll be other people better placed to, to sort of talk about this than than me, but in broad terms we've uh we had a structure previously where within our central team there would perhaps be someone dedicated to supporting a particular region uh with everything. With with you know it's all about improving standards. So um they they would be trying to help people improve their social media, improve their headlines, improve their SEO and all those kind of things. And we've really restructured the central team so that we have specialists so that we have a couple of people who are specializing in social media who will who will talk to the local newsrooms and and run sessions with them on how to do a b and c more effectively uh, we'll have seo specialists we've got an seo team of journalists now who provide central content for all our newsrooms so that our local reporters are focused on the local news the central seo team will produce some of that content that uh, that has the potential to bring people into the funnel if they are searching for things, which might be that such and such a band is, you know, is on tour and they're playing in uh, Cardiff and Newcastle and Portsmouth and wherever else, and they can do that story for all the relevant um, for all the relevant sites, that sort of thing. But it's it's freeing up the local reporters to then be able to do local news, to be getting out to the scene, as I was saying before, and um, and and really being the the place for local news in their particular community. And plans for the national over the
0: next year. I mean, I, I, you touched on a few things, but what, anything in the pipeline which you haven't haven't mentioned?
1: Uh, plans for the coming year. Very much making a a bit of a song and dance around our um, our anniversary in March. Uh, encouraging people to to support us, reminding people of what we've done. A focus on those three. Uh, subject areas that I touched on, so really focusing in terms of the original content we're producing on issues around culture and identity, on issues around independence and, and self-governance and devolution, and on social justice um, and the issues around and, and stories and and investigations and so on around that so that's our main sort of content focus and then there are some lots of interesting things we're, things we're looking at not everything that i can that i can share at the moment um we may we, we we are we will look at the right time to return for sort of to print for pop-up editions um and so on so we may well do that at, at points this year but only if it's the right time in terms of the economy in terms of you know events taking place and um, and that it's not going to distract from the core mission but support it um, and then really just galvanizing the team. We've got a really talented team. Um, I'm really so impressed with the the small team of journalists we have in our sort of dedicated core team and really galvanizing them and and kind of unleashing them to do brilliant work. You know empowering them to to do that while we fill in the gaps around them with uh with with all the content we can we can bring from from elsewhere but continuing to keep that very clear welsh perspective in what we do excited about the future absolutely yeah i mean i think it's it is a really, it's it's a really exciting time to be in journalism, to be in uh, regional journalism as well, with with the uh, South West Argus and our other titles. Very um, excited for the year ahead with those. But yeah, the national. I think this is this is the year where we need to. Um, we we made it. We we launched. We we here we are. We told everyone about where where we are. Now we've got to sort of find our real personality and deliver what we can. So that come the end of the year, we can look back and say, yeah, everybody knows what the National in Wales is, what we're about. And look at these fantastic stories that we've done uh, that feed into that.
0: Very exciting. Very exciting. Now, Gavin, just uh, finally, a question we ask all our guests on the podcast Um, outside of work. um, How do you relax?
1: yeah i was thinking about this um the the <laughs> the other day having having listened to some of your podcasts before um not enough i think is 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 probably a common answer um i think for me i there's a few things i'm i'm very fortunate that the the person whom i enjoy the company of most in the world happens to be my wife so just kind of spending time together is uh is is an important way that uh that, that that i kind of relax outside of work um we never run out of things to say so uh so that's always a joy um we are possibly about to get a couple of dogs in the household so that will be uh um that will that will be well, I don't know if it'll be relaxing or not, but it'll certainly be distracting. <laughs> we'll um, get you out of the house anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then the other thing on a personal level for me is looking forward to hopefully getting to um, to watch some uh, some cricket this year. So in in the past, I've um, recent years, I've I've followed Somerset. So I've got a um, Glamorgan membership for the first time this year. So looking forward to uh, to getting into Cardiff and watching uh, watching a bit of cricket. Covid so and support... everything else permitting. Do you support the English cricket team or the Welsh cricket team? Well there is the, the, the it is the does, English does cricket Wales team cricket is the team? Welsh cricket team in, okay. in that sense. It's an odd it's an odd setup. Um Wales Wales kind of is part of the uh, the, the England and Wales cricket board. So uh, I but I will be I will there. be looking forward to supporting Glamorgan and seeing how they can uh, how they can I mean they had a good year last year actually, so hopefully they can repeat some of that success this year. One final
0: question. Your your thoughts on the Ashes series?
1: Oh, um gosh um not really a surprise but but uh, thoroughly depressing i think um uh, i think it it's a good lesson in in business though isn't it if you um if you do absolutely no preparation um and and uh, and, and go against you know the the sort of toughest marketplace uh, competition in the world then you're going to get hammered <laughs> well,
0: lesson there, lesson there. Gavin Thompson, thank you very much for being our guest on the In Publishing
1: Podcast. Thank you.
0: A final word from our valued podcast sponsor. Business is trusted by 4,000 publications and 3 million happy subscribers, with 10 million customer records on file. It processes £500 million each year in 22 currencies and delivers over 300 million items. Find out more at airbusiness.com. Many thanks to Gavin for being our guest this time. As The National approaches its first anniversary, it faces a nail-biting time as the first cohort of digital subscribers comes up for renewal. It's a serious-minded and intelligent title, so I hope the renewal rate is high. You can see the site for yourself and sign up to its newsletters at www.thenational.wales. And you can follow Gavin on Twitter, where his handle is at Gavin underscore Thompson one. For more information about us and to listen to previous podcasts, please go to our website in Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks time for another podcast. Bye for now.